cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindekew, the good things guy. It's Tuesday, yo, and you are live on Cliff Central uh, with the happiest hour in South Africa. We literally work our way up all week to just bring you good news and inspirational stories. For those of you that are uh, live on Facebook, you are backstage. This is what happens um, on The Good Stuff. I can show you there's desks and there's uh, Kerry, the good news girl, sitting next to me. For those of you that are listening, you can't see any of that, and that's okay because we want you to be listening to The Good Stuff. Right, so... What do we have on going on in South Africa? ANC veterans and leaders are in talks about Zuma. The country wants Zuma to resign. Zuma doesn't want to go anywhere. A boat has been burned to the ground in Harties, um, which is a tragic story. And the prophet of doom has gone viral. We're not going to be talking about any of that cuck because this is not where those stories live. We're all about the good news. And, and literally, we want to give you guys a little bit more to speak about when you're at the water cooler. Or at the dinner table. And seriously, there are flippin' good stories happening in South Africa right now that you should be knowing about and talking about and all those good things. So, what do we have? A couple of things that we're going to be talking about on the show today. Uh, Kerry's playing with her mic badly. Uh, you don't have your earphones on, so you didn't hear that. Was it bad? Yeah, it was bad. Sorry. It was bad. All right, so the Val Dam is filling up slowly. We're, we're passing the 33%, which um, it doesn't mean that we can stop uh, with our water-saving habits, but it just means that it's adding a little bit of hope for us. Um, one of our Olympians has been crowned as the best athlete in the world. So we're going to bring you news about that too. And um, Uber drivers in South Africa are being hailed heroes. There's a really cool story about how a woman lost her car and an Uber driver helped her find it. So we're going to bring you all of that. And as well as all of that, Cliffmas carols are coming back to Joburg. So you can see all of the Cliff Central team uh, up on stage doing their thing. Even our producer in the producer's lounge there. She's hey. like, she's going to be singing, yo. <laughs> going to be singing. So inspired, so proudly South African. So much of good things happening in our country and the world. Right, so um, our show every week, we do a couple of things. Kerry and I spend a little bit of time catching up with news that's relevant and things that are happening now and try to find the good news in that. Um, we also bring you the top five trending good news stories of the week. And Kerry's ready with that, right? Yes. Yes, she is. So we're going to be doing that for you. Uh, we also get to chat to an incredible producer and a director from a company called The Fort that have an award-winning documentary, an award-winning internationally, um, that are going to be coming in. It's called Unwritten, a South African Story. So we're going to be bringing you all of that as well. If you want to get involved with the show, you just got to visit www.cliffcentral.com. For those of you listening, I know you're already tuned in, but there's guys on Facebook Live that might not be. You can also get us on our Cliff Central app. It's that easy. We have an app on iOS and uh, Google. You can get it there. Or you can get involved with the conversation by tweeting us. It's Brent Lindeque or Kerry Stan over there. Or, uh, Cliff Central, cliffcentral.com. It's that easy, yo. I'm going to tune off of Facebook Live. Get in touch on www.cliffcentral.com. Kerry. Brain team. How's things going? I'm going to adjust my mic again. Okay, I'm going to turn you down there. Okay, do it. Okay, she's done it. Okay, d- done, she's, done, she's done, done adjusting the mic. Uh, it was a noise for reals, yo. <laughs> um, all right. So what's been cracking? It's Tuesday. Uh, we're in studio and we're just bringing you cool stuff. So much is happening. It's the silly season, yo. 
Well, it is really silly season. <laughs> it's silly season. Um, one of the things which has gone viral, which I just want to touch on because it's not good news, but there is good news that will come from it. Yes. This prophet of doom, man. <laughs> Did you hear about it? You know, okay, so last night I went onto Facebook and I saw someone make a comment and he said, I've just bought two cans of doom and I get, I got two free stickies. And I was like, what? Who cares about your two cans of doom? What are you talking about? And then I'm like, mm, must be because doom is so expensive that he only got two stickies. And then when I really, I like, I read the story, I was horrified. Yeah. <laughs> how, how crazy. So the story is quite crazy. I've just had Andrew, Andrew Mark Lewitz that has just texted me and said, the new meaning to doomsday, he says. <laughs> um, yeah, man, this, this pastor, he's gone viral. It, it's happened a couple of times in Africa mm. where pastors are feeding people snakes or making them do crazy things, drink petrol. And now <laughs> this one pastor has sprayed people in the face with doom mm. and it's gone all over the internet and people are making jokes and putting up photos and as South Africans do we find a way to laugh at ourselves because well you know what the companies that supply these products are up in arms I mean well, they're going the, crazy this, this is what I was going to say right so the I think it's Tiger Brands yes they've released a statement saying that they're going to get hold of the pastor and actually tell him to stop doing it stop it He's going to kill the people. Not with our product. Do it Do it with whatever you want, but don't use our product because our products are made for that. No, definitely not. So, yeah. Unless you're a cockroach. A cockroach. The, <laughs> only, the, only good, the good news here is that South Africans, you know, we find a way to laugh at ourselves during these times. I always. know, but still, still. Okay. Always, always. <laughs> okay, then the next thing that I want to bring up is that damn cycle challenge that happened on Sunday. The damn cycle challenge. I'm so mad, man. I don't think you should be. So I've done two years, two years of cycling and I, I did it each year for a good cause. And this year was no different. Mm. Um, a group of us, there were five of us, Travis Kruger, Henry, Matthew, myself and Kevin. And, um, Travis had organized that we were riding the 94.7 cycle challenge on kiddies bikes. Yes. For those of you that don't know, it is 94.7 kilometers mm. around Johannesburg. Uh, it is the second largest timed cycling race in the world. Yes. And I've done it twice. And it's been going for like 20 years or something. Really long time. Mm. I've done it twice and I've done really well. I did really well. Yes. And this year I was prepped and ready to go. Done. Mm. Five of us kitted out. On our little kiddies' bikes. Enthusiastic. Enthusiastic. So to, to give you an idea, the, the seat, if I didn't lift the seat, would kind of just be above my knee. Oh it was dear. Quite, quite short little bikes. Mm. We had these big That's quite challenging, him. Huh? Well, we were ready for the challenge. It's mm. all for charity. And the bikes we're giving to Quebeca, who, yes. who give bikes to underprivileged kids around Africa. So it all had this great meaning. And we started off, so a week or two ago, uh, went out on a ride. And my back tire got punctured mm -hmm. on my new frog bike. <laughs> Your frog bike? It's called a frog bike. Yes, I know. <laughs> so we took the bike. I took the bike to a, a cycle place to fix it. And they, when they saw it, they were like, ah, I've never seen this size tire before. Because, I mean, what, what, what adult is racing on a bike? For children. Correct. So they eventually fixed the puncture mm. on Saturday. The day before. The day before the race. So I took the bike home and I was like, cool, it's prepped, it's clean, it's ready to go. 
Mm-hmm. I went to bed that night and my kit was all packed out. I was ready to ride. And I woke up the next morning and the back tire was flat. Oh, dear. So up in the arms. Same one. Same one. So all, all the guys were at my house and we were all putting our kits on and getting ready and whatever. And, and the guys were like, no, 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 stick it in the pool. We'll check if the air bubbles. bubbles, whatever. So we pumped up the tire, stuck it in the pool, no bubbles. So we were like, oh, the cap must have been left off. Mm. Great. Pump it up. Pump it up. So we pumped it up. Off we went to the start. Cycle, 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 flat. Oh, no. My tire was flat. Failed. And it was a, it was a, like, non-existent, can't fix it, not going to happen. Yes. So I phoned Andrew and, and I said to him, please. He was at the house. Can you, can you bring my other bike? Can you bring my other bike? My mountain bike. I'll just do it on my mountain bike. I've been training for this. I'm ready to do it. The guys all waited with me. He brought the mountain bike. Team effort. Team effort. And as we pulled the mountain bike out the back of the car, both tires were flat. Mm-mm-mm. So Andrew was like, don't worry about it, man. Um, it was probably just gone flat because your bike's been sitting for a bit. Now, yes. remember, I only prepped one bike. I didn't prep the other one. Yeah. So we pumped up those tires. Mm-hmm. And off I went. For like 150 meters. 150, huh? And then the back tire went flat. Again. Again. So I thought, you know what? If I have to pump it up every 150 meters, I can do this. Mm-mm-mm. So I pumped it up again. And I rode again. Uh, to this point, I, I'm loving your perseverance. Did that four times that I pumped it up and rode. Mm. And then I realized that sometimes the universe is smacking you over the head with a sign. I'd broken literally two bikes that were not working. <laughs> the universe in like 30 kilometers late. The, the the universe did not want me on the road on Sunday. Mm. So with my head held very down, I walked the other way with my bicycle. Gave up, sat in a pool and drank beer. Okay, well, you know what? Well done to you and the rest of your team um for taking the challenge taking up the challenge and well done to you for your perseverance because you tried it's not like you gave up man alive you are incredible and you can stay but <laughs> but yeah so so i mean I, and it I was think for a good cause it, it was, really was it was for a good cause yes. i learned a really big lesson i think within myself mm. um i'm 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 a competitive person who really I don't have time for failure in my life. I feel, and on Sunday I was, I was very soppy, very heart sore. I, I actually sat in the. I can see, I can see you still heart sore. I sat in the pool with my cycling kit All on. Sad. In, in your cycling kit. In my cycling kit. And I don't know if you know, when you ride, when you cycle, like races and stuff, you have to eat these things called goo. Goo. That give yes. you energy. Yes. I sat in the pool. And you ate your goo. And I ate goo in my cycling gear. For like two hours, just because I was sad. And but I'm okay. okay. I'm okay with it now because I'm gonna when I when I get back from my travels, I'm going away for a little bit. When I get back, I'm gonna do a hundred k's in the cradle for charity. So yes, that's my there plan. you go, there you go. You see, that's so it's plan. not the end. It's not the end, Pretty. Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> anyway, um, other things, Kay, that's happening. I don't know if you saw the story. I mean, Pam Green has been on our show twice. Yes. She's just, she's a, she's a South African philanthropist that is doing incredible things for our country constantly. Mm. Uh, she uses, she uses her social media to harness it for good. Yes. Literally. That is, that is her, that is her platform. And mm. she really does, hey? Um, she was the girl that a couple of years ago, it was like a year and a half ago. Yes. 
She was driving around Santon, and um, there was a homeless person who was begging. And she saw the sign, and, and she, she saw the sign. She saw the sign. Open up my eyes, I saw the sign. And um, it was a person who was holding up his CV. Yes. And it was one of the first, because then after that, those stories just... Rolled. Everybody was going to the mm-hmm. robots in their C- with their CVs. But he was one of the first that she found. She found him a job. She did all those great things. She went viral. She started a company that looks after people called Second Chances, uh, where they find them, give them second chances, mm. um, find homes, find jobs, find things. She really is a saint in Johannesburg, South Africa, South Africa in general. And last week, Friday, she was driving. Mm. There was a woman on the side of the road. She'd been thrown out of the car. Yes. Her husband had thrown out the Heavily car. injured. Heavily injured. Mm. And Pam went back and helped her. And the medical services couldn't help, didn't help. I don't know. I, I mean, it was quite a tragic story. Yes. She had phoned um, one of the service providers. Uh, MTN. She, yes. she phoned MTN. And you, can, you can say it's MTN because yes. he's re- they've released a press statement. Yes. She phoned MTN and she went through four call center agents mm. who kept on telling her to hold and then passing her on mm. until she freaked out completely. Yes. And when she freaked out, apparently they put the phone down on her. Mm. She phoned 10111. They couldn't help. Don't know why. That's our, that's our 10111 is our police services of South Africa. But eventually someone came through and they helped her and they were there and there was a security company. It's quite an intense story. We've put it up on Good Things Guy this morning. If you haven't seen us, it is all over the place. Um, one of the things though is that the MTN CEO Mteto Nyati, he released a press statement, a personal press statement this morning. And he said, as CEO of MTN South Africa, I'm shocked to read about your poor experience with us. I apologize to you for this lapse in our service. We will use this experience as a learning opportunity to make sure that no other human being goes through it. My apologies once again. I've already initiated an investigation into this matter. Based on our findings, we will take the necessary disciplinary action. The agents involved or the agents involved will be suspended immediately. I think that's big of a company to that's come back. That's huge. Uh, their, their MTN um, South Africa page has been lambasted with people going, how dare you mm. not look after us? Mm. So I'm glad that they've taken it head on and that they're doing something. Have you ever phoned the emergency services? All the time. I've never had a problem though. Okay. And I don't, I don't prank call it. I phone, I'm, I'm that guy. Yes. I'm that citizen. So if I see, um, I was on cricket tour and I was driving to the stadium and there was a homeless man in PE, Port yes. Elizabeth. Yes. He was lying on the side of the road, but like in the road, not really on, like it was non responsive. Correct. And I was like half a six in the morning. So the roads were quite quiet, but I was on the way to the stadium and I called them one oh triple one. And I was like, guys, there's this happening. My name's Brent. This is what's going on. Like, can you help? Because I can't. Mm. And they were there in a, in a couple of seconds. They were there. Um, the once I was sitting at my local restaurant where, yes. where my house is. Mm. And there was a new townhouse complex being built. And inside that townhouse complex, they, they had made a fire in the evening, like to get rid of all the rubble mm. or whatever. But I live in an urban area. No, so you just don't do that. That's illegal. Yes, it and really my, is. my thoughts were, if the wind has to blow wrong, and that fire Someone's has to, thatch house is going to burn down. It, we could burn down the whole neighborhood. Yes. On top of that, it sounded like a gas bottle had been thrown in there and exploded. <gasps> so it was a, quite a lot of ba-dang. So I called again, one triple one. Hi, it's Brent. This is mm. what's going on. Not liking it so much. Don't think it's right. Within a minute, minute or two, um, a fire engine rocked up, sorted it out, put the fire out. I really believe in our police services. I've never had a problem. And that's why... 
for a company to come back and go, we're going to sort it out and they're going to look into it. And, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. No, I think it's great. But I've also had a very similar experience where I was on the way back from the airport. I hope this is a good news story, though. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So, um, it's, I mean, it's very similar to hers. And I came to the robots there by Bruma, by Eastgate. And, um, Another driver had hit a pedestrian who was walking across the road. He was also a homeless man with his trolley. And when I tried to phone, it was the same thing. Push one for this and push two for that. And I was like, really? And because I, I mean, I travel with and I've got a lot of paramedic friends, I actually just phoned direct. And I'm like, listen, you need to get an ambulance here immediately. And it happened. But I suppose not all of us have direct uh, contact and access to emergency services in any which way. But um, I was actually faced with the same press one for this, press two for that. And, um, and then you get the whole T's and C's kind of vibe. And uh, you know that it's a criminal offense. What were I? So, I mean, I resonate with what she said because it happened to me, but I, I guess, you know what? We need to be educated um, as to which number to call for what emergency. I agree. And maybe education is the key and the learning that we can take out of this. We're going to bring you updates. Because there are so many. We've got so many providers. We, we do have a lot. So um, we're going to bring you updates on all of this because it is important. Yes. And it's it's stuff that we should be talking about. And you know what? Education is key. Mm. It's key. to If you know, then you have the resources and you have options. And then things like this will not happen. 100%. Yes. So, one other story that I want to touch on before we get into the top five. Mm-hmm. So, we've already talked about so much. Mm. I feel like <laughs> we're bringing you good news all around. The Imagine time. that. Imagine that. The good stuff. Bring you good news. Um, so, last week, another lady who we've had on the show, a lady, yes. a friend, uh, Kelly Duplessis, who's from Rare Diseases South Africa. Mm-hmm. She's been on the show um, talking about the amazing work that they do. She had gone somewhere in Pretoria. She's from Johannesburg. She'd gone somewhere in Pretoria and she'd um, parked her car. She'd gone inside to do what she needed to do. And she came outside and her car was gone. That must be the worst feeling in the whole world. Like her car was gone. And she she literally went, ah, it's stolen. Mm. Phone was flat. Like when it, when it rains, it pours. They say. Yeah, like my cell phone malfunction. <laughs> so, so yeah, Kerry's had a, a, a total cell phone break. If you are trying morning. to get hold of me, I am still alive. I'm here. I will contact you as soon as I get it up and going again. If you want to get hold of Kerry, you can phone 0861 555 We're live on air right now. Everything will be fine. So, Kelly came out of, uh, out of whatever meeting she was in. Her car was gone. She thought it was stolen. Phone was flat. Then, somebody who had seen everything go down. Came and told her that she'd parked in a diplomatic parking. Oh, dear. And her car had been towed and it had gone off to the pound. Oh, whoops. Whoops. So, uh, the producers are going crazy. Guests, yes, they're here. That's fantastic. We'll speak to them just now. Um, so, off she went. Uh, she, she went inside where the meeting was, mm. plugged her phone in. So, I was thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Um, got hold of Uber. Yes. Called an Uber. Mm. The Uber driver arrived. And he's, he's not just the driver. His name's Tabang. Mm. He arrived and he assisted her as much as he could to find her car. That's amazing. He drove around Pretoria to some dodgy areas. Yeah, that's where the pounds are. And they're usually more than one. Okay. So they, they went to a couple, mm. which was the whole thing. Yes. Drove to a couple of different um, different pounds. He wouldn't leave her side. 
That's wouldn't amazing. Wouldn't leave her side. And it wasn't about him charging for the ride either. He was there for her. Mm. So he went to all the different pounds and eventually they found where the car was. And he said to her, Kelly, it's not safe. Yeah. So I'm going to come in with you. Wow. And I'm going to be your translator, basically. And he, in African language, he went in, got her car back, went to her car, made sure her car started and everything was fine, and then let her go. Like, he was there for her every step of the way. That is incredible. Isn't that a good news yes, story? Yes, it is. It really is. Because uh, situations like that can be very scary for a woman. I mean, to have to have a man around... To assist you with things like that. Not only that, I mean, he was a translator as well because sometimes they kind of try and scam you a little bit. But I think that's amazing. Well done. Well done, Tabang. And Kelly, thanks for sharing your story. We love good news. And, if and you we're guys, hearing so many of those with Uber. The Uber good news stories. If you guys have any other stories that you'd like to share with us, it's that simple. You can get hold of us. Uh, I can give my email out, brent at brentlindeq.com. It's that easy. Every week, Kerry and I yes. search the internet. Dig deep to bring you the top five trending good news stories of the week. Is this playing? No. Ah. There you go. A little background tune for dum, top dum. five. <laughs> so we search around the internet to bring you really good news stories. And, and I mean, they are a crap load. Guys. There's many. There's like 20 a day. Just mm. good news in South Africa. Good news in the world. Good things happening right around us that we should actually be concentrating on. And let me tell you something, actually. The local media now, media in mm. South Africa, have finally gone, we need to start sharing good news. Yes. I mean, we featured beautiful news by Mercedes-Benz mm. the other day. Yes. And I don't know if you saw Huffington Post launched yesterday. Mm. And the editor wrote in her first letter to everybody, she wrote, mm. there will be a common thread that feeds through everything that we share. That will be good news. Positive. So, it's, there's more than enough for everybody. And I think it's good things. And that's for our South number Africa. five as well. Our number five is there. Okay, so let's get into it. We bring you the top five good news stories. Um, what do we have? Number five. Margie Brand and her eight-month-old baby are survivors of a tragic terrorist attack in a shopping center, and this is her message of love. Do you do you remember this? Yes. So it was tragic, tragic, tragic. Three, I think it was three years, years ago. ago. Yes. Three years ago, a shopping center uh, called Westgate. Yes, in Nairobi. In Nairobi, Kenya, mm. had an incredibly tragic terrorist attack. Yes. Imagine being in a shopping center and people just start shooting. Well, I have been. Yeah. Also, about seven years ago, I was in Mainland Shopping Center, and I was just about to walk into Woolworths, and these guys came in and started shooting out the windows of Browns. So I know exactly. People just drop and go. They Even their kids. It's it's the scariest thing ever. It really is. And at that stage, that particular night, it was just before Christmas, Woolworths actually took as many people into their shop as possible, and they closed the doors. Wowzers, wowzers. So, okay, yes, so I been, can't. Yeah, you I, can relate. I, yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit. She's written this piece yes. that has gone viral. Mm. And what is the essence of it? Okay, so basically what she said is she um, explained explained what happened um, in the shopping center and that she was amongst dead bodies with her child. And she actually thought she was going to die. She was preparing. And um, obviously it's taken her... You, you will never get over that. So big bangs scare her and there are certain smells and everything that reminds her of that time. But um, and and in the in the piece that she wrote, because yes, I didn't read it, yes, she 
was saying that she was laying in between all of these all bodies. The, yes. And her baby was as quiet. Did not make a peep. Nothing. Didn't even almost like like he knew. And that's I mean my hair is standing up at the I mean at the thought. Okay, but then they found they found her, right? Yes, they did. And um I actually in the in the story she does explain that they found her, but I don't know if they were part of the terrorists or no, they, they came were. To. They yes. were the guys that found her were the terrorists. Pointed the gun at her, yeah, but they shot the person next to her. So and for whatever reason, they didn't they, shoot her. Yes, and she her stood child. up mm. and they let her out. Yeah, which is just phenomenal. And she's written this piece where she goes, "Turn off the TV, turn off the news, turn off the negativity, focus." On the positive exactly, stuff. Exactly, and that's that's exactly what we were just saying about about negative news. She's telling you to switch it off and turn on good news and and positive news. Man alive, this that's, is positive. This is huge. That's why you're listening to the good stuff right now because we do bring you positive things. Mm. We're going to post that story up online so that you can read all of the juicy bits. What do we have at number four? Ding ding ding! It's loading, loading, loading. Well, I can tell you what we have. At number <laughs> yes, four. Olympics crown. <laughs> Uh, Olympics crown Wade Van Niekerk as the best male athlete in the world. So a couple of weeks ago, um, they released the the news about this, yes. that the Olympics committee would be choosing the, what is it, best athlete male and female in the world. Yes. And the judges had the final say, but they opened it up to the public mm. to be able to vote. For who they wanted Because he really has Won the hearts of the okay, nations But, but Kate wasn't just South Africa That no, voted It was the no, world It was the world It was the world that yes. voted And um, You know That there's a story That people don't know About mm. Wade Finnecac Is that After he'd won mm. He gave over Half a million rand To the Grootskier Hospital Yes uh, For the neonatal ward Yes Because he was a premature baby mm, so, so it's he, four prem babies And he knew What those parents Had to go through So he gave A big chunk Of his winnings Back A lot of it Back to, to good Yes And now he's, he's been chosen As athlete of the year Which I think it's amazing Man oh man that's, That makes us Our super proud Our guys are doing so well Super proud very cool, very cool. Uh, we're going to put that story up online so you can read it. What do we have at number three? Young Eastern Cape dairy farmer receives prestigious award. He's only 27. Okay, so a young Alexandria farmer who turned a rundown farm into a major dairy producer has scooped a prestigious agricultural award for his hard work and vision. So they call him Chiri. I mean, Chili. His name is, I'm going to get it wrong, Childise. I think you said like that. Okay, he's tw a 27-year-old uh, farmer who looks set to do big things in the future. So Toyota has this um, Young Farmer of the Year award. And um, Eastern Cape will go through the nation, um, go through to the national, uh, go through to the national finals. But that's basically what he did. He took a rundown farm and he made it something again. And he's producing all sorts of dairy from there. And, and uh, it's an award-winning farm, right? Yes, so, it really so is. He, start, he took it over. It was derelict. It was mm. falling apart. And he's just flipping made it like lacquer. And that's what he said as well. I believe it will go down in history as an inspiration to a lot of kids who are still at school, particularly the ones that went through the same challenges that I did. There are a lot of kids out there, especially black kids, who carry the perception that farming is more for white people. This just shows that if you believe it's not a color thing, it's about putting putting in the effort. 
Viva. Well done. That's amazing. That's really, oh, really, really chili. incredible. We're going to put that up so you can uh, read the full story. Mm. What do we have at number two? South Africans come together to help an orphanage devastated by crime. Oh, yeah, this crime. was a terrible story. It happened last week. Yes, it did. So... A children's home in the south of Johannesburg mm-hmm. called TLC Orphanage. Yes. Um, they, they got attacked, but like a couple well, of times. Well, they didn't know. Well, they got it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got attacked a couple yes. of times. Mm. And the attackers, the, the second time or the third time, yes. they actually hijacked an ambulance, yes. put the ambulance driver in the back, mm-hmm. stole his uniform. All the uniforms, All yes. the uniforms, and then broke into the orphanage by saying that they were paramedics. Yes. Who were... Who were, who were there because there was an emergency. They then broke into this orphanage and they, Disgusting. um, they, they found three orphan boys that were yes. walking around, kidnapped them, mm-hmm. took them to the local informal settlement, beat them up and kept on asking them where the money was, where the rest of the money was, because they stole like 20k. So they, they wanted where was the rest of the money. And eventually the cops got involved and they I mean, found the boys. On. But the, they, co- the good news story now yes. is that South Africa just came together. They heard about the story on a breakfast show, 94.7, yes. the breakfast show. And um, South Africans from all walks of life were donating money, donating clothes, donating food, donating more well, money. Well, still on the lookout for the orphans. Yes. The security guards, yes. security company came on board to give them free security for life. Oh, that's amazing. Free armed response, mm. free all of that to make sure that the home is secure. Um, and then obviously how they found, how they found them they is the, no, the, uh, they were followed because obviously the, the ambulance, um, what is the word? Has a tracker. <laughs> it has a tracker, but it was also, I mean, ambulances don't really drive like that. And it's quite dodgy how it was driving. So they were pulled over. Wow, wow, wow. Very cool story. We're going to put that up online. Our final story. What do we have at number one? Rain brings some relief as the Val Dam levels, levels surpass 32%. The recent rain is bringing some relief to easing the water shortage as dam levels around the country start to rise. Here is a current update on the water levels. Yeah, so all our water levels are going up. That doesn't mean that you can no. start watering your lawn at one o'clock in the afternoon. That would be no. wrong. As of right now, yes. on the Rand Water website, the the Val Dam is sitting at thirty three point three percent. That the water levels have risen. Yes. Um, a week ago, we were on like twenty three. Mm. It was like ten percent less. Yeah. So good things still save water. Don't be a dick. Um, we need to work together to get through this drought. Don't forget that bucket in the shower, guys. But understand that um, that we have a bit of relief and a bit of hope for communities that really need it. As privileged oaks that have got waters in our taps, we're thankful. Um, but there's full communities like Senegal yes. that don't have anything. Nothing. And the reality is uh, we, know, we must be thankful for the rain, but we must also be water savvy. Water wise, water wise. So we're going to put all those stories up online uh, directly after the show. You can go to goodthingsguy.com or cliffcentral.com where you find the good stuff page. And all of the good news is there. It's, it's where it lives. Um, we've just had another message from Andrew Mark Lutz. He's been a friend of mine for years and years and years. And he's just said, bro, I've not tuned in for bloody ages. My new thing for 2017. <laughs> uh, this is his life goals. If you want a New Year's resolution, tune into the good stuff. Yes. Um, right, so sometimes I bring you a really kick-ass song mm-hmm. um, that's doing great things. This week oh, is I'm addicted to yes. her. Like if you're a hard rocker, um, <laughs> Sorry. you would still be in love with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's nine years old. She won America's Got Talent. She's just released 
her first EP, one song. Yes. The rest are coming at the end of the month. And um, this is the song that she originally performed on America's Got Talent. I hope you love it. It's Grace Van Der Waal with I Don't Know My Name. When it plays, don't eventually. Know my name. I don't play by the rules of the game. So you say, I just try. Boom! Grace Van Der Waal is doing her thing. I love her. Well, we, we've loved her from the start, right? Yes. So we were following her story from way back when, when, um, America's Got Talent sort of found her and then brought her on the show. She sang that original song. Mm. And you know Simon Cowell with all those original yes. songs? It was always a bit weird. Mm. It was like, He's like gonna, oh, you're going to sing an original. You're going to fail. Yes. Um, but she didn't. And she, uh, she went on to win a million dollars. Say what? She's beautiful. And she got a recording contract and she did like a little stint in Las Vegas. And she's now released. Her songs are really intense. Her originals. I absolutely love it. Yes. All right. So every week um, we get to speak to really inspirational South Africans, amazing people that are doing incredible things. And this week is no different. We've got two award-winning documentary makers. I think that's what you call it. I don't know how you would. Movie makers, documentary makers. Uh, they're in this field. They've, they've created something called Unwritten, a proudly South African art house film um, from the Fort CEO and Rainmakers Journal founder. Shukri takes the audience on a visual journey. This is, this is what I got sent. So it's all my research, my hard work research. <laughs> takes the audience on a visual journey in search of enlightenment through the Kathmandu Valley of Nepal. I'm excited to hear what you guys are about, what you've done. Welcome to the show, Shukri Animo. Hey, thanks for having us. It's great to have you here. Um, this is the good stuff where we bring you all sorts of good news and good news stories. And a documentary that is acclaimed in various international film categories is a good story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are, um, you were saying, what do we call ourselves? We're sort of admin gone filmmakers or multidisciplinary uh, sort of oh creators. Oh, God. You know? So you guys are part of the ad industry, the Story ad agency. Tellers. Oh, goodness. Because, we, you know, we, we have bills to pay at times as well, you know. <laughs> I mean, life isn't, you know, the documentary films every, all day long kind of thing. So Okay. So, I mean, l let's break it down. What is Unwritten about? Uh, Amr, you want to go? Me? Um, yeah. I, it's, it's a visual journey. Um through the Kathmandu Valley, which you basically just told the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I agree with your research. No. Um, well, thank you. <laughs> look, it, it's uh, the central sort of theme fun written um, is around this idea of shared knowledge and journaling and what can be found, you know, in, um, in the journals of people around the world. So we created a film um, that was authentic. And this is kind of why it's a documentary because it kind of follows um, – the script of someone's journal. Mm. So it's completely unscripted. Um, we wandered through this valley. It's as coherent and incoherent as a journal, and that's what makes it sort of an art house film as well. And it's as real and unscripted as a journal, which makes it a documentary. So it's not based in South Africa, but it's a South African story, yeah? Well, it's a story. It's, it's, it's my journal, right? So I'm writing. It's the page... It's pages from my journal which Amr brings to life in pictures and so we're South Africans um, and we were really fascinated to go off to some far off land that had some old world wisdom um, and what I mean the real thinking behind it just to go back to the ad stuff a little bit is that how can we think differently or, or purport to think differently or would say that to our clients or even to the rest of our team if we kind of go to the same places and the same conferences and listen to the same people speak. And so we really wanted to get outside of that bubble and try and gain inspiration and knowledge 
from different places. And so it's something for the two of us as two entrepreneurs. We've had our business for 10 years. We started it when we were at university 10 years ago to pay back our student loans. Is that, is that the fort? That's the fort, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fort is this creative content uh, ad production house. And we now employ like close to 50 people and wow. it's been 10 years and we started off paying, it was, you know, the, the theme behind it, why we started it was because we wanted to pay back our student loans. And I think it's an interesting uh, discussion point on the backdrop of everything that's happening in South Africa or has been happening. You know, it's like, hmm. you know, we, we use that as the, the, the driving force behind starting a business that, that now does really amazing things and helps create companies and employs people. Um, and I think for Amr and I, it was the opportunity to, to do something for ourselves, you know, like to actually go somewhere and you guys would know about this unscripted, mm. you know, no one's telling us what to do. <laughs> There's no brand guide, no client, just, no client. And we went out there and what's been amazing is that it's resonated with audiences all over the world. And it's so just, do you, been, did you expect that? I mean, you guys, you guys had this idea. No. Um, no. I, I've, I've worked and I've interviewed and we've done many things with creatives from ad agencies and it's always the hope that, that your work will mean something that it'll go somewhere a lot of guys are doing things just for awards but you guys you've created something that actually means something that people resonate with look i mean this is going to sound really modest but like we genuinely did not expect the reception that it actually received like we really made this for ourselves it was like a cathartic process to create something you know cinematic and a story that was really personal and then to win like the Van Gogh Award at the Amsterdam International Film Festival, to win um, World Documentary Award at the Hollywood International Film Festival, to open for some really big um, international feature films in Bali, like it's just been so crazy. T- t- take me back. When when did the the mu- can I call it a movie or a documentary? It's a movie. Yeah, it's a, it's movie. a it's film. A, yeah. when, when did the film uh, officially get launched? So it um last at the beginning of this year it sort of went on the festival run so to speak you know and so it goes out and we didn't show it to anybody really because we just everyone were kind of once first dibs on it and so were, were you quite nervous the first sort of sitting that you had yeah, yeah, we were super nervous. And then, and then we started getting nominations and then we started winning. And the first one, the first sort of like <laughs> Amsterdam when we won, when we won the Van Gogh award, we didn't even go. We were like, dude, I'm not going to go and sit there. We were like, we didn't think we'd win. <laughs> then we I'm won. I'm not going to go and sit there and lose. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Um, and then we won and then they sent us the trophy and then the next time we were like, okay, well, should we Maybe go? Maybe we should go. Maybe, should we go to the Hollywood one? And I was like, yeah, well, let's go. And then we won and then, uh, you know, and it really sort of gained momentum from it's there. Incredible. So, yeah. It's cool. Absolutely amazing. When, when you did win, what was the first thing that you did? Like, who did you phone? <laughs> um, I, I think we phoned the team and kind of as, as everybody does, put it on the WhatsApp group and I took like a hundred selfies of the, <laughs> of the trophy and myself in every possible position. So yeah, I mean, yeah. And it was also, um, in Hollywood, it was, I mean, like early hours of the morning in South yes. Africa. So yeah. So everybody was still sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the movie, when is it going to be available in South Africa? Cause you guys have gone on the festival scene. Mm. It's, um, everybody else got to see it first. So when do we get to see it? So in uh, in Cape Town, we have a screening on the 2nd of December mm-hmm. um, at the Labia at uh, 7 o'clock. And then in Johannesburg, it's on the 8th of December, um, also at 7 o'clock. And that's at the Sturkinico Theatres in Marlborough. Um, and thereafter, we really want as many people to see it as possible. So we'll put it online um, and we'll have sort of a few more local um, festival sort of releases and be part of a couple of local smaller festivals as we go along. So, yeah. 
Man, it's a really cool story that you guys have, you came up with this idea. It's, it's won all these nominations. It's doing great things internationally. I'm excited to see it. So mm-hmm. I'm hopefully, if I'm in either Cape Town or Johannesburg at those dates, I'd love to come through and see it. Um, what's next? Like, you've got this film. What's next? Yeah, we, we've got something that we're, we're going to be launching next year in April as well. So we, um, it's, it's given us a lot of confidence to just, to carry on going and to do, you know, things outside of what we normally do mm. on a day-to-day basis. Like we come together as human beings, as, as individuals in a sort of, uh, as a business. And Creative. I think it's just really cool to, to do things that, um, builds like a greater narrative for who we are. So yeah, I think uh, April is when we're launching our next project. And uh, we're now more excited than ever. Man, it's cool. Um, I want to quickly touch on the entrepreneurship. You guys started a company straight out of varsity. Last night, I had dinner with uh, friends from the UK who are, who are mm. from the UK, the UK citizens. And one of the things they were talking about is the fact that it's so difficult in a different country to be entrepreneurs. Um, you did that 10 years ago and your business is doing relatively well. You guys have got employees. You're doing these great things. Uh, what, what advice can you give to other people who want to drop the penny and start businesses in South Africa? Um, well, firstly, I want to say that I don't think entrepreneurship is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy who goes around and say, like, it's a mindset. Success is a mindset. <laughs> this is what you should do, you know? I'm very real about it. I think that we can all contribute to an entrepreneurial ecosystem. Like, pay people on time. Like, in when we spend some time in San Francisco, they're like, think small, mm. i.e. small business. Mm. So we can all contribute to that. So that's my first disclaimer. And then if you are that misfit or you are that person that you feel like you're like this maker creator or you have that entrepreneurial spirit within you, know that I think it's going to just be resilience and sheer determination that's going to get you through the, like you know those really hard times. It is it's, tough though. It's just tough. Yes. There's no two ways about it. And I think you you have to almost get a thrill out of how hard it is because if you ever think it's easy and they say when you go and get a, a cushy job um muhammad yunus in a book called banker to the poor says that it yes. actually it's like soaks you it like it softens mm. you it's very hard to ever go back and and i say now i'm married i have two kids i would never leave now and start a business there's no way if i <laughs> i studied law if i was a lawyer at ens right now i would just i would never leave mm. um but if you feel like you want to do it, just do it. Like Thrive you, on the you pressure. You don't want to be <laughs> the guy in the cemetery who had massive regrets. You mm. know, like that's kind of what, what I would say is like go out there. The world will rise up to meet you um, and it's going to be very, very hard. Yeah. I've heard, I mean, some entrepreneurs uh, that I've spoken to, entrepreneurship is lonely. Very. It's lonely because you you are dealing with um, your business and you're doing whatever you're doing. But a lot of people, it's like, almost like social media, you don't show uh, the bad side. So you'd never wake up in the morning and put on Facebook, good God, my suppliers haven't paid me in three months. My cash flow is rotten. I've got, I actually don't know how I'm going to make it through the day. Um, I'm tired. I want to stay in bed, but I can't. So uh, entrepreneurship is quite interesting and it's, uh, it's cool to see you guys are, are doing well and the creativity side. You spoke about doing things out of the box, uh, doing, doing work that means something. Mm. And this documentary is proof, uh, that if you put that out there and you do the work, you do the due diligence, It'll come back to you. Yeah, yes. I, th- I think um, doing things outside the box is probably the, one of the most meaningful upsides of being an entrepreneur. You know, if you truly believe in something, um, you can support yourself in, in bringing it across. You know, if mm. the two of us come together and say we want to do this, you know, there's, there's no one to sell it into. This, it just becomes our focus for the next year. And it is lonely because when we started the business, we started in a very sociable 
period in our lives, like yeah. fresh out of university. And then you learn over the years that it, it's a, it's a lonely journey. Yeah. And I think, I think having a, a partner, mm-hmm. we always talk about like how important, like great, France. great pairs are in the yeah. world that have achieved amazing things. Um, and we, we have very sort of complementary skill sets and it, it's fun because we can look at each other in the face and be like, Oh my gosh, this is so hard. But you're, so you're, someone's in it with you, you know? Yes. So. Really, really good news. I'm excited about the documentary. If people want to find more information about the documentary, where do they go? So, um, they can go on social media to Fort Network or at Fort Network because that will kind of give you the information because as, as the Fort, we're kind of punting it. Um, and then also unwrittenthemovie.com because that's where you'd get some more sort of screening dates and things like that. It's that simple. We're going to put uh, those links up on the Cliff Central page as soon as the show is done so everybody can see it and get hold of it. Hopefully, I'll be at one of the, the viewings, um, mm. whether in Cape Town or Johannesburg. I just need to see my diary. But we'll be live Facebooking from there too. If if they want to know more about the fort and the work that you guys do, where do they go? Um, fort.co. <laughs> so not today, fort.co, just F-O-R-T dot C-O. Um, hmm. And then I get all of those things, yeah. For all of you old school internet people, we've lost the Z-A. There's a lot of companies that have the M. We've lost the M yeah, as well. Lost the M. It's, I, I sometimes see that and people are like, mm, where's the rest? No, it's just .co. It's that easy. We'll put those links up on there as well so people can get hold of you. Thank you very much for being on The Good Stuff. You guys have been great. I'm excited for the documentary. Uh, this is Cliff Central. Man, oh man, I'm excited to watch that documentary. So am I. And what an awesome song as well to follow. Ah, Good job. That's our role. I'm the, mu- I'm the music man. The music it, can man. Be the, it can be the entrepreneur theme anthem every morning you get in your car. And it's a go, go, go. Mm-hmm. So, Kay, Yes. I mean, how many days till Christmas? Like 37 days till Goodness, Christmas, it's right? short. It's really, really close. We're getting close to that season of giving. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's about giving. You were mentioning during that song that we need to give back. Yes. Now is an important involved. time. Mm. I did the whole Santa shoebox thing, which was really cool, but it's already done. Tell me what you did last week. So... So, yes. Carolyn Stain from, from Stain City. Yes. Um, I met and her. 67 blankets. Yes, man. I met her on the CEO sleepout mm-hmm. on the bridge. Mm. Um, she was, she was there teaching people how to crochet. Yes. For her 67 blankets, um, project. And, and I was meaning to learn the whole night. Mm. But you get so caught up in everything else that was happening that I didn't. And people did. They crocheted the whole night. And also, I'm quite scared. <laughs> what wow. if I what if I suck at it? Oh please! So so that, gotta start somewhere. That, that's what I sort of thought. And um and her and I have been chatting a little bit and and whatever. And she invited me last week Wednesday to go into Dipslut, which is mm. right next to Stain City. So Stain City is this incredible development mm. which which her and her hubby have have put together. Yes. It's bigger than Monaco apparently, mm-hmm. and it's going to have like schools and hospitals and all these great things. And it's fully eco as well. Fully eco. Mm-hmm. They planted like a million trees. Yes. There. But because a lot of their workforce comes from Dipslut, which is next door, mm. every year, throughout the year, they give back. And they support. They support the people of Dipslut. There's a skills development center. Yes. Um, and through that skills development center, they hire a lot of people mm. from the community that are unemployed. They, they skill them up, upskill them, and then hire them to actually work, which is flipping cool. But every year… They go to every single school in Dipslut mm-hmm. and hand out gifts to all the kids. 
And I saw as well, they're not just gifts. They are, it's school bags and stationery and stuff so, that they yeah. need for next year. So, so this year they had these incredible bags. I know, they're and cool, hey? I'm going to write a story about them yes. because the, the bags are from Durban, from yes. a company in Durban mm. that upskills people to mm-hmm. be able to sew. And they made these bags out of old signage. Yes. So, you know, like your banners that mm-hmm. you use at events, they take all of that and then they, they put them into these bags. And in the school bags, really funky school bags. Yeah. Like, I want one. Mm. They had these school bags. Inside was a whole bunch of school supplies. Yes. Was a whole bunch of sweets and goodies and yes. whatnot. And some toys as well. Mm. So they got the, the, all sorts of things. And at the first school that we went to, they called up a little girl to show all the kids. There was like a thousand kids or whatever. They called the little girl up and they were like, cool, now this is what's inside the bag. And they showed and all the kids like were clapping. Like a demonstration. Yeah. They were all clapping and really happy. And then they, they showed them how to put the school bag on. Yep. And then they went, but... It's There's not more. just a school bag. I know. It had a little zip at the top. Yes. And they unzipped the top and they pulled a poncho out mm. to keep the kids dry. And I'm not lying to you. There were kids standing next to me crying. I know. It it makes you realize it's perspective because a raincoat could mean so much because they don't have cars. Exactly. And it covers the school bag as well. So their stuff doesn't get ruined. And I think as far as I know, the school bag is also waterproof. It's waterproof. Yeah, yes. the whole thing's waterproof. Yes. So when they get home, these little kids, after maybe a day of rain where they had to walk a little bit, yes. their, their school clothes Everything are dry. Everything is protected. Their, their school clothes are dry, mm. and they're all good for tomorrow. And it's so important. And I can tell you, um, Care, it's – I mean, you do this all the time. Yes. It's not something that I, with my schedule and whatever, mm. I'm able to do. Mm. But being there um, – it's perspective. It really opens your eyes, huh? It reminds you again that that the country that we live in is there's a lot going on. It's exactly the same on Friday. I went um with Carolyn Stane mm. and the whole team to a prison. Yes. Zondavata in Pretoria. Cullinan, yeah. In Cullinan. Check at you, you know your places there. Eh? <laughs> I'd never been to prison before. And I went into a maximum security prison yes. and spent the day with these guys who helped Carolyn Stain and 67 Blankets get a world record because mm. they got the world record for the biggest crocheted blanket. Yes. And spending time with these guys in prison made me realize how human we are. Yes. My expectation going into a prison was like uh, scariness, murder, oaks with no teeth who wanted to beat me up. Like I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I can imagine it would be quite scary. Walked in and there were just these humans. Yes. These humans. And like and Carolyn has said as well, they've got to go. I mean, they, they are coming out of there at some stage. Correct. So that's what she's basically doing. She's one of the first individuals in South Africa to come up with a reform program like yes. that as an individual amazing. to get involved. Mm. And let me tell you, she sat. No, I wasn't there, but I've seen the photos. And I, I saw the way that she acts around the prisoners, the inmates. Yeah. She sat and taught them to crochet herself. 20 yes. people around her. Yeah. Even in their, in their, not only outside, she went into their, their cells and she taught them. Man alive. Just cool things happening in South Africa. Good We're job, always good to be a Bainty. part of it. The whole point of that story is that now is the time for giving. So if you get can involved. get involved with a charity right now that's giving back for Christmas, do it. It's mm. that easy. Our country needs it. I'm going to leave you with this. I can't believe the hour's over. We need to stay <laughs> motivated. We need to inspire others. We're in this together. And the only way we'll get through this is together. 
Be bold enough to live your life on your own terms and never, ever apologize for it. Go against the grain. Refuse to conform. Take the road less traveled instead of the well-beaten path. Laugh in the face of adversity. Dance as though everybody is watching. March to the beat of your own drummer. Stubbornly refuse to fit in. But through all of that, always do what is good and what is right because that way the universe knows what to get, give back to you. That's amazing. Just something to leave you with today. Hopefully, I've put you in a good mood with Kerry, some good news, inspirational stories. We're here every Tuesday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. If you want to get any of the other shows, visit cliffcentral.com or you can go to iTunes where you can become a subscriber of our show. Mm. And um, please, everybody, have an incredibly terrific week. Terrific Tuesday. Yes, terrific Tuesday, terrific week, and thanks for a good show. Thanks and only good things. Cliffcentral.com